0: Daryl Dolman and Daryl Dinwiddie, both health scientists at the University of New Mexico, are among the nation's leading experts when it comes to tracking and analyzing the spread of the COVID-19 virus as it rages across the country, especially on this side of the Rockies. Today, they share some of their insights into what they've discovered about the deadly virus, including mutating variants, ever-changing safety measures, multiple vaccines, and hopefully the ultimate demise of the worldwide epidemic. Welcome, gentlemen. Dr. Dinwiddie and myself formed
1: this collaboration at the early stages of the pandemic, you know, basically a year ago. <laughs> it's crazy to think, uh, you know, more or less a year ago. Uh, to date, to to really be of help and service to our departments of health uh, in New Mexico and surrounding states. Doing this sort of broad scale, what we call surveillance, in this case, it's genomic surveillance, uh, allows us to detect possible variants of the virus that, you know, has, uh, you know, maybe the ability to spread faster or um, has the ability to evade uh, in- immunity um, at, at a local and even regional level, we can sort of see which strains might uh, be sort of rising in our population, and we can ask the question, well, is there anything specific or are there any variants associated uh, or mutations associated with a rise in a certain strain? Um, At at a local and even regional level, we can sort of see which strains might uh, be sort of rising in our population, and we can ask the question, well, is there anything specific or are there any variants associated uh, or mutations associated with a rise in a certain strain?
0: Your advice basically is to get whatever vaccine you can and not particularly try to figure out which one is the best because that might be impossible.
1: The best vaccine is the one you can get,
2: And as we continue to go through the pandemic, you know, there may be a time where if you received one vaccine, we may start to have information that suggests that you should get a second one as well from a a separate one. But we're not at that point in in the pandemic. By far, the the best method to help us return to some level of normalcy is to get as many people vaccinated as possible using the appropriate vaccination recommendation. for example, if it's the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, getting both shots, not just a single dose, ensuring you get, get both shots. And if it's the Johnson & Johnson, that one's a single-shot vaccine. Um, so there are some benefits to that, particularly to individuals where it may be difficult for them to get a second shot. But I would, I would say that
1: the first one you're able to get, by far, is the, is the way to go. And, and the practical thing, sorry, this is Doman, you know, okay. the, the practical side of this, You know, we've been having a lot of discussion about, you know, the virus changes, mutates. This is a fact of life. This, this happens. And sort of our public service uh, announcement for all of this is that, you know, every single new infection has the risk that there's a possible mutation that might be beneficial to the virus. So our greatest safety and insurance policy for the vaccines that we have to remain effective is to reduce case counts and and so, you know, how do we do that? We continue with our COVID safe practices. And uh, exactly like what Din Madu was saying, we vaccinate as many and as quickly as possible. And we continue mask wearing and social distancing and, and all of our other safe practices so that we limit the opportunity for the virus to acquire those uh, mutations.
0: With things the way they are now, the variants are popping up, but we're getting more vaccines. Are we going to still go through this cycle of the number of cases seem to go down? So the restaurants reopen, the restrictions are lifted or, or, or eased, and then the virus pops up again and starts we have more cases of it, so they have to re- reduce the res- or increase the r- restrictions again. I mean, that just seems to be an endless and frustrating cycle. So, where are we, especially in New Mexico, to to level out a little bit and not have this roller coaster kind of thing?
2: As public health uh, scientist and as epidemiologists, you know, we know that the more opportunity for people to get exposed, um, that that's going to generally result in a higher amount of infection and increased transmissions. However, we I mean, we know a lot more about this virus a year later than we did a year ago at this point. Um, so I think we can understand that there are certain things that we can do to reduce transmission that we didn't really understand early in the pandemic. So we know, you know, mask wearing can be effective if worn appropriately. You know, certain social distancing um, parameters can can also be effective if done appropriately. We know that you're at higher risk if you're indoors versus if you're outdoors. So I think as we reduce some of the the limitations on what we're allowed to do, there is always that potential that that's going to cause the the numbers to increase again. The hope is that people continue to follow the things that we know work and that we're able to get back to this balancing point where we're able to do more things and continue our our practices that we know are effective, so that way we can continue to increase the number of people vaccinated and get to this level of herd immunity that we really need to get to to really limit the, the ability of the virus
0: to continue to transmit in the population. How will we know when we reach herd immunity?
2: When no one else gets infected. <laughs> I mean, sorry, no. That's also a very difficult. We do not know, you know, There are a lot of people that study this and other diseases, other infectious diseases that have looked into multiple different factors. And we've seen um, estimates as low as 60% of the population. But in other instances, I've seen maybe as high as 90% of the population. Um, So we really don't even know what percent of the population we need to have immunity to get to this point of herd immunity. Um, but definitely the higher percentage of individuals that have immunity through vaccination
1: will help us get there. Sorry, I'm looking over my notes, and I, there was something key that I think neither one of us said, um, just because I think it's somewhat important in terms of ha- having the public understand the importance of this work, and I kind of bumbled through the, the sharp end of the stick relevancy, but this sort of genetic surveillance that we do, you know, it's it truly is one of the most powerful tools available to public health for understanding how the virus is changing, particularly in response to vaccines and, and its ability to transmit. And In fact, it's, one of the, it's the highest sort of resolution that we can get into understanding how the virus is, is changing, and it serves as our sort of early warning detection system for new variants. And so that's the real importance of why we're continuing to sequence here in New Mexico. We're really proud of our efforts between the UNM side and the Department of Health side, so we work side-by-side side with them and also with Tricor Reference Labs in making sure that we have broad coverage of the state in terms of uh, geography and in time so that we're getting an accurate picture of how uh, sars coronavirus 2 is moving throughout
0: New Mexico. Do you think that this variety of COVID is something we're just going to have to learn to live with, not necessarily going to go entirely away, just become a new version of the flu? I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just saying it's something that's going to be there for a long time.
2: Yeah, I I think most virologists and scientists at this point believe that SARS coronavirus 2 is, is now going to be an endemic human virus. We don't necessarily see that it's going to be a virus that we're able to eliminate from the human population. The hope that through vaccination um, and other practices that we will be able to have it become more like the other common coronaviruses that we have throughout the respiratory virus season that can cause minor cold-like symptoms that are not nearly as deadly as this one. But I believe that this is probably a virus that will stay in
0: in humans from here on out. Thank you, gentlemen. Good luck, and thank you for all the work that you're doing. Of course. Thank you. KSFR Radio News, I'm Dennis Carroll.